0: You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number three. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960 The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. No Maddie Rose. Eric Francis in. Playing hurt today. Appreciate you for coming in playing hurt today.
1: No, I mean, I feel great. I feel great. I sound terrible because we put in a 10-hour... Stampede a shift. shift yesterday. Yep, a shift for the ages, and that's just what Calgarians do. Yep, you just you go it's that out, week. You you play hard. You work hard. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't work hard. Let's be honest. Yeah. During the Stampede week, right? And it's just understood. That's another beautiful thing about the Stampede. If I were to give you a list of a hundred things, you know that would be on the list. The fact that everybody understands. You know what? I'll get back to you next week. Yeah, like with whatever it is you yeah need business wise from me. We'll let's talk next week.
0: Yeah, I uh, smoke clears. I'm not gonna lie; it's been a bit of a, a slog at times. Uh, but there's a couple of things I'm really proud of what we've done this week. Number one, first and foremost, of course, is a Joey Chestnut oh. interview, which is a here here. It's a broadcasting masterpiece. But that conversation we just had with Blake Coleman was awesome. It yeah. was very candid. It uh, was very pro-Calgary. It was awesome. Two things I can take away from this week that I can be very proud of. Joey Chestnut interview, obviously. And that Blake Coleman interview. There you go. Great stuff. Yeah. Everything else, man eh. Stampede week.
1: Well, it there is certainly an, a large faction of people who cannot wait for it to end. You get to a point where you've done too much stampeding, even if it's only one day yeah. or one 10-hour shift or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it's over there is a sigh of relief yeah and your liver can start to recover and you can get back to your sleep patterns yeah normalcy is something people start to crave after stampede i uh, and, and i'm still craving timbits
0: i can't believe right that there are people who go out every night and do this
1: yeah like there are there, it's it's generally the, the a young man's game
0: yeah
1: uh to do that I, you got to pick your spots like i i was a little it, it's a little daunting like I committed to four days of stampeding this year. Yeah. After being several years of just escaping it, now four four day, and and that's terrifying. I still have a big Friday ahead of me, yeah. and, I, and I know people think that way. They're like, "Oh gosh, I got still have my staff party, or I still have this that I've committed. yeah." Like I'm going to Shaggy and TLC on Friday, like that's
0: and you have to get after it me. again. Yeah, yeah. can like, no. back up back up on the horse, so to speak.
1: There you go. Yeah. Well, well especially done. for t- stampede, you, you're getting it
0: yeah i am no like again i had no idea it was like this i really didn't
1: you can't even explain it to people
0: no you can't and like even coleman said that yeah even my my brother my buddy johnny are in town and we we just keep having this conversation and this isn't like you know me playing to calgary and whatever just the attitude of the people and how nice everyone is to one another you bump into somebody at at the bar they're like oh i'm sorry Or you let somebody buy, they're like, oh, thank you for doing that. Just the little things like that. Just how everyone is super nice to one another. It's not like that out east. No, it isn't. And this isn't a crap on the GTA, crap on the Niagara region where I'm from. But it's just not like that. And the vibe out east is not like it is here. People want to go out. People want to go and have a drink. People want to socialize. And I find back home that we're getting away from that. And here, it's not only... um, it, it's not only all over the place; it's encouraged, which is super
1: refreshing. It's that sense of community, which is like I say. Yeah, I moved here 30 years ago. I fell in love with it, and I knew within—I would say that I—I I always say within six months, I knew I would never leave. And funny, six months coincides almost exactly with Stampede, my very first Stampede. So I'm sure that's when it just hit me. Yeah, I can't ever leave this city. And I would convince buddies to come out here, and they'd be like, "Dude, you this is special." Yeah. And I've—I always told you, I think we said it on the air earlier in the week. I've been here. For 30 stampedes, I have never seen a fight. I'm not saying they don't happen. Right. I'm just telling you, when you have a city where there's a large portion of people who are inebriated in yeah. small spaces, yes. you would think that that would be conducive to a whole lot of hijinks, like the dust-ups. Nope. Never seen one. Never even seen a confrontation, to be honest. Yeah. And again, maybe I'm just lucky that I haven't seen that, but yeah. I think it's it speaks to the sense of community that this city has. And I also just think out oh, east people have a chip on their shoulder a whole lot more than you ever see out west. Anyway, we're not dumping on the east. No, we're, this we're, is we're this not. is a celebration uh, of the west.
0: Yeah, I'm just I'm just being completely honest that I'm just again it, it's so nice to see just just the attitude of every, everyone around. Yeah, and now everyone is just here just to have a good time and enjoy one another's company. That's what this is all about. Can you fathom this so-
1: happening in Vancouver? Oh, no,
0: I can't. No, it's uh, abso- impossible. This would never happen in Toronto like this. No. Never, never, well, never. Well,
1: their attempt at it is the CNE, sure. the exhibition. And I went to that as a kid, and it was cool for me as a kid.
0: You know you know what you got to do with the CNE now, Eric? Hold on to your wallet.
1: <laughs> no, seriously. Why, Could like getting pickpocketed or just because yes! of the crazy prices? Both. Yeah.
0: But the safety. Yeah. Yeah. I, I went down to the grounds a couple nights ago not for one second did i not feel safe i wasn't enjoying myself at the cne now it's getting to a point where you're like "Ooh, canada's wonderland the biggest amusement park in this country in toronto high school kids are rolling our are kids fighting one another in in the parking lot like that's their arena to fight it's this it- is where we're at right now here we're not even in that like that's not even on on the radar that that would happen no. here, and the amount of humanity that's in this city right now for the stampede, I just it's just a different world here yeah. during stampede, and yeah. it's I had no idea it was like this. I kept hearing about it. I kept, okay, let me see it for myself, but experience it, and even what's what's even double down more on that experience is having my brother and my buddy here, and we just keep talking about this would never happen back home. Yeah. This is incredible.
1: Yeah, and the people watching is world class. Oh so like, yeah. You know, I go, to New York, I go to New York and I always talk about how that's like the best people walking. Just pull up a chair like somewhere in, in Manhattan and just watch the people. It's amazing. Yeah. But you could say that about a lot of places, but I'm not sure it's better than here or just being in a tent last night for 10 hours, What we were, yeah. you know, just, just watch the different outfits, the different hijinks. Yeah. But, but, but what do you see more than anything else? When you look across the sea of humanity, 5,000 people, whatever it was at Wildhurst, seven, 10,000, the sheep are there. You see smiles. Yeah. You see smiles and laughs and back slapping and mm-hmm. everyone's just having a good time. Anyway, enough about our up with Canada, up with Calgary. Um, but uh, it, I, I am a proud Calgarian, and this makes me even prouder.
0: Uh, Tim Hunter, Stanley Cup champion, uh, Calgary Flames legend. Apparently, he hung up on Cam. Or yeah. Off
2: like is he? <laughs> he so can I be brutally honest? He he said he did it yesterday, did and then he? he said he did it Monday. And then I said, "I I think he's just for today." And then he hung up on me. Oh, so okay, I can try him again, but I don't know if he or wants to do it you, today. Can you send him a text there, uh, Eric? Does he? I
1: I'm I'll be honest. I, I've seen Tim a lot this week at the Brian Burke event. I saw him at Bull busting We've had some laughs. Now, 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 in light of what he just said, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of scared to. I don't want to bug Tim Hunter. Right. Because the big question we've been asking all week is who's tougher, Tim Hunter, yeah, or a bull rider,
0: yeah. Um I, I guess we're not gonna have him on
1: that. <laughs> I don't know where that's at.
0: Yeah. I guess if he's angry and doesn't want to jump on, I, I guess that's not an interview we want to do.
2: Did <laughs> like, not seem uh super pleased that I was calling Okay, was <laughs> like, Especially he eight o'clock see- in the morning? No, he thought he did the show yesterday. He's like, I was just on yesterday. And was like, he? No. I mean
1: No, well we were here. Yeah. I don't remember him.
2: Was he, he on didn't. the station yesterday? He might have been on Flame Stock. Let me look. Oh boy. Oh, Oh well, boy. But usually that
0: doesn't affect us. Like I guess we're we're all a team here, and and everyone. But yeah. if again we're not going to have you know back to back guests. Like if we have Tim Hunter and then he's not going to come on on flamestock Stock and vice versa. We try not to do that. Yeah. But if he was on yesterday and he's like I've already been on too much. We're like whoa. But no, then I, you were I texting. Think he was. I
1: texted him yesterday. He said yeah. yeah, no problem. No. Yeah. Anyway, I I will say this. <laughs> and one of the things I wanted to ask him, and we'll just. Yeah. It, it Like, Tim came back to Calgary. Like, he went and coached in the NHL and coached some uh, dub, and he was doing a whole bunch of stuff. But when he kind of decided he he'd had enough of the coaching gig, mm-hmm. where did he choose to come back? Calgary. Yeah. I, I do believe the number is this. I, I, uh, from the 89 team, I think there are 11, or now 12, if you include Tim, 12 members of the team from 89 that call Calgary home permanently.
0: It's crazy. How,
1: what a great ad that is for the city. Yeah. You know, and it does speak to the sense of community. I, I mean, I don't know if you went through a life changing playoff run and won a Stanley cup and right. then celebrated with a city, I could see the appeal of wanting to stay here where there's all these great fond memories. Sure. And, but, but I just thought it was great because I didn't know until a couple of years ago that Tim had moved back. He'd only moved back, I think two years ago, or maybe it was last year, but now he's at every alumni function in the city. He's just like as proud to be a Calgary Flame representative as there is. It's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that Alumni Association is extremely strong. That's what I've definitely noticed here uh, in the city, how proud those guys are that they played for the Calgary Flames. You mentioned the 89 team, and I think it's fascinating. I, I had this sense uh, when, when I worked at the other station uh, about the Blue Jays in 92 and 93. That was the one thing that we kept hearing about. Oh, the Joe Carter team, and obviously the – the first World Series championship beating the Braves, Robbie Alomar hitting that home run off Dennis Eckersley. Uh, finally, over what we got, we got him. He's good. Yeah,
1: just text me, you're, you know, wondering if we're still on today. So, yeah, give him a call now.
0: Yeah, okay. Uh, the, sorry, uh, I sorry, think, uh, I cut you off. No, it's okay, but I, there's, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of Flames fans, younger Flames fans who weren't around for the 89 Cup win and like, okay. I I respect and I love what the 89 team did, but can I get my own team here and watch the Stanley Cup championship? Yeah. I'm sure there's some of that in this city too. Um, bottom of the hour too. Uh, we're going to give away a pair of tickets to the Badlands uh, Music Festival, 960-960 uh, name and location. Uh, we're a little short staffed today. So this is what we're going to do for the giveaway to the Badlands Music Festival, 960-960 uh, just tell us who we interviewed at 7.30. Which member of the Calgary Flames did we interview at 7.30? 960, 960, name and location? You give us the correct answer with your name and location. We'll throw your name in a hat, and then we'll draw it uh, for the pair of tickets to the Badlands Music Festival, which goes down uh, tomorrow night and on Saturday. Tomorrow, to Rick Ross and Tyga. And then on Saturday, uh, my man I went to high school with Joel Zimmerman, a.k.a mouse on saturday so uh just text us nine sixty nine sixty name and location probably the easiest ticket giveaway we'll ever have on this show uh just tell us who uh which member of the calgary flames we interviewed at seven thirty. give us your name and location you get the correct answer right with your name and location we'll throw your name in a hat and uh we'll draw for the tickets because usually we have texty mctexterson but we're a little short-handed today joining us on the line right now though on the Atlas Pizza in Sports Bar guest hotline, a uh, Calgary Flames legend, Stanley Cup champion, Tim Hunter. Tim, good morning. How
3: are you? Good morning. I'm laughing at you guys. I I was listening to you. I was because Eric texted me yesterday. Can you come on Thursday at 8 a.m.? Sure, no problem. So then I thought, where's he at? And uh, so I texted him, no answer. So I thought I'd just call because <laughs> I was listening to you guys going, <laughs> Yeah, Tim Hunter hung up on me, said he couldn't come
1: on. And I was like, what are you talking about? Oh, man, sorry for the confusion. We, we just can't get good help around here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wow. Yeah, okay. I'm just kidding. My right. right.
2: first just, week, stop, and this stop, is... Stop acting confused. Yeah, there okay. we go.
1: Hey, uh, thanks for joining us. Do, hey, do I have that right? Um, you moved back here, what? Has it been a year, or has it been a couple of years since you moved back to Calgary? And why did you move back to Calgary?
3: Well, you know, I was, yeah, yeah, it's been since I moved back in 2021. And um, so I got fired at Moose Jaw in 2020, just before COVID. And I told uh, Kim, my wife, that, uh, you know, I, let's retire. Like, I've had enough. Um, <laughs> six years riding a bus at Moose Jaw, living in Saskatchewan. Not, nothing against me, so Moose Jaw in Saskatchewan, but the winters are too cold. Mm-hmm. So I moved back to Calgary for the summers, not the winters as we go to Arizona in the, in the winter. And, uh, the reason I moved back to Calgary was a number of things. Uh, born and raised here. Uh, the flames family, the alumni family, tons of friends. Calgary is a great city. Uh, you can go anywhere from Calgary, real easy, uh, great healthcare in Alberta, all kinds of different things. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's been wonderful. And, you know, all these events I do with the alumni, and and just take the event we were at uh, on Tuesday. the Brian Burke's Targets uh, for kids, yeah, and all the other athletes were there. All you know, Alicia Rizba, you know now Olson, uh, um, you know Jesse Lums and Chris Cedarstrand all these athletes from all over different walks of uh, sports in Alberta and just great people and just fun to rub shoulders with them. And yeah, to see Brian Burke again and guys like yourself, Eric, it's great to to do that kind of work in, in the city and it uh, keeps me busy and it's, it's a lot of fun.
1: Well, good on you for doing it. I saw you at the, where did I I saw that we have a little pump park now, those those little bike par, uh, parks sure, in our, yeah, our yeah. neighborhood that yeah. the Flames Foundation paid for. And it's like, since you were there for the opening day, like, it's been there's birthday parties there almost every day. It's wildly popular, and that's all because of the Flames Foundation. But you know, you came out to support it, and and you even you and Mersey were even offering up uh, traffic suggestions to the local uh, ML, uh, the local <laughs> council person. Like, oh, we need this has to be a children's zone, and uh, we would we would put a stop sign here. And <laughs> you you go above, <laughs> above above and beyond, Kim. You're going too far.
3: <laughs> well, you know. Uh... We're uh, hockey players. we got expertise in all kinds of different areas. <laughs> yeah, of course.
1: Of course. Oh, and we need you to design the city. That's awesome. Uh, I'm going to ask this on behalf of George because he was going to ask it. I think he's a little embarrassed. But who had the biggest legs yeah. uh, on the Flames when you play? We are talking about Blake Coleman earlier. Who, who had the biggest legs on your team? Was it you? Was it Pep? Who was it?
3: No, Paul Reinhardt, man, he had that, that, that hockey, you know, that hockey ass. Yeah, you know, yeah, Big, yeah. big uh, gluteus maximus and, and huge legs. But the biggest legs I've ever seen in hockey were Darcy Rodas. When I, he was my roommate in Atlanta in my first NHL training camp. And um, my God, he took me to his tailor where he got custom-made blue jeans made because he couldn't buy them off the rack and because and, his legs were so big. They were massive. I'd never seen a, a pair of legs that big in all my time in hockey since, and that was my first year pro, and I thought, oh, I'm going to see somebody else with big legs like that along the way because all hockey players must have big legs. Nope, never saw another pair of legs that big in my in my life. I love
0: it. Uh, did Yager have the biggest ass uh, you've ever seen on, on the ice?
3: <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know, Yags, Yags might be up there too. You know, uh, I coached him in Washington, and uh, what a character, you know. I have a great story about Yogg's. He came to Washington as a, you know, we made a trade with Pittsburgh, and he came, and instantly he's like, Timmy, Timmy, good to see you. And I'm like, I I said, what's the deal here? He says, don't you remember? I go, what? He says, well, back in 89, you guys came to Prague, and I was only 16 then. And we played a team that was a bunch of makeup guys from, local uh, checks, and they had a line of Robert Hulik, um Yager, and Robert Reichel. And we couldn't get the puck from them. They were unbelievable. So anyways, after one of our practices, we shared the same hallway with these guys. After one of our practices, I'm in the hallway and we had brought over all kinds of stuff because we didn't know we could get, you know, what we needed over there. You know, it was right from food to tape to laces. So we had this big table piled with laces and tape and black and white tape and all kinds of different things. And, um, I was in the urinal in the, in the shower and Yager comes beside me and he says, yeah, I was beside you. And I I asked you when we're in the urinal, if if, minded, if I got some laces and some tapes, I said, I'll go help yourself, take whatever you need. So he went out there and he took, two or three pairs of the the yellow wax laces, which the, the European guys love and five or six rolls of each type of tape. And uh, he said, I never forgot that. It was the nicest thing anyone ever did oh, for God. me. And I went, I said, now we're buddies. I said, that's good. <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: it's the little things, you know, Tim. <laughs>
3: yeah, it's right. You know, so instantly we hit it off and uh, he, he, you know, just a small thing, but uh, you know, you never know when you're going to have an impact in somebody's uh, life.
1: You've had an impact in a lot of people's uh, lives a- as fans, but also as people who you've punched in the face. And I want to get to that. You and I have had some, you know, you've, you've told the stories a million times about your legendary fights with Semenko and these guys, especially when the Battle of Alberta was at its apex. But when you and I were at Bull Buston the other day, I kept thinking, like, who's tougher you or a bull rider tell me about the respect you would have for those guys and it's a different type of toughness don't get me wrong and a lot of these guys are pretty small but just speak to the the toughness that they exhibit with what they do for a living
3: well yeah last year I went for the first time Cody had me as a guest and then they had me down on the uh, infield to talk to the to the the uh, audience and I said I am you know, when I was trying to bust knuckles in the uh, 80s with the Oilers and Semenko and McSorley, and that Cody Snyder was riding as a world champion bull rider and the respect I had for him back then. And these are the toughest a- athletes in the world. They-, they, bar none, I mean, you have a 2,000-pound animal between your legs, and you're trying to stay on it for eight <laughs> seconds. It's, it's, They are incredible athletes. You watch them before you know, you don't get to see, you know, they just walk out and they kind of throw their uh, harness on the bull and get ready. And then they, when the bull gets in the, in the stall, they jump on and tighten it up. But uh, you know, these guys are, you know, professionals, they, they train, they, they stretch, they work out, they have an amazing uh, crew in the back that, uh, you know, the, the physiotherapists and guys that help them get ready and get all taped up and, and get get ready to get on those bulls. But, I personally, you couldn't pay me to get on one of those things. It's they're terrifying. Yeah. And you know that you got a two, 2000 pound animal. If it were ever landed on you, yeah, you know, your life's on the line. But for those guys to get on those bulls and basically put their life in the line every time they get on some of those guys were, they would be riding in the stampede in the afternoon, the rodeo, and then they'd be riding at night at Cody's event. That's, that's unbelievable. So, I have the utmost respect. I think it's just amazing um, that, uh, you know, that they get on and ride two or three times a night. Some some of the guys, they, they have to ride three times in a row because they, the bull, uh, you know, clips the uh, gate going out or something and they have to do a re-ride. And they're just more than happy to get back on because they want to get a good score and they want to win that money because that's their living.
0: Tim Hunter, member of the 89 uh, Stanley Cup team, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Hotline Big Show Wrestling and Rolls with Eric Francis. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Uh, you talk about guys you fought in the 80s like Semenko, McSorley. Tim, who's the Who's the guy who had the hardest punch? Who hit you in the face the hardest in your NHL career?
3: Well, I wasn't hit too many times. You can look at me now. I'm just a pretty face. I don't have too many scars. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I, I told Eric the story about the toughest guy I ever fought, and that was Nick Petillo, and he never hit me in the face, but he hit me in the in the helmet. I ducked and he hit me on top of the helmet, and Bearcat, God love him, he is still looking for the helmet. It, <laughs> it blew up, and uh, we haven't found it. But um, I was smart enough to learn how to box, and I trained with Willie DeWitt here in town. Um, there's a bunch of us went down, and we trained with Mansour as male, as trainer, and Willie, the number one thing they teach you when you're a boxer is, is how to make your face and your head, um, hard to hit and that that's kind of an art and you mm. you know you're you don't just look right out you turn you tilt your head so it's kind of a long oval and and use the top of your head as, as, the, as the the place to be hit because you know in the cheekbones and the jaw and the nose those places uh they hurt and they affect your ability to compete if you get hit there so yeah. um and i i you know, I used to put Vaseline over my eyes, you know, and on my cheekbones because, you know, the punches, if you ever did get hit, they would glance off. And I, before the game, I'd be back in the back putting my Vaseline on some of the young guys would go by. They'd go, what are you doing that for? I said, you know, you should put some on. It's called instant courage. You have this on, you're not afraid to get hit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it. You never foiled up, did you? You couldn't foil up. I mean, that's... Uh... <laughs> Legendary. The boys did that on slap Shop, but there were there were pretty strict rules. I guess you could tape up. I guess to a degree.
3: Yeah, you couldn't have anything past your past your wrist. Yeah. And um, I know Gord Donnelly when he was in Winnipeg, he had uh, rubber gloves on a few times and. What? And we complained. I don't know if he ever got caught, but uh,
1: rubber gloves.
3: Was, like, like the yellow yeah, ones, like the yellow, ones, like gloves. The the gloves. yellow the ones, ones that you wash your with. toilet with, <laughs> like Timmy. No, those no, surgical gloves, you know, the ones that were okay. s- that were skin tone. Uh, okay. You couldn't tell, and because uh, he cut a few guys, he never never cut me, but I was always worried. Uh, you know, like at you know having a advantage. You know, like some of the guys did all kinds of Tony Twist. He he. He tore his jersey, tore the the seam all the way up to his elbow, and he and he stitched it with just one thread through. And if you grabbed on, you you pulled and the whole thing came apart. So you have you're holding nothing but but <laughs> but cloth. And he was flailing away with his arms. So you know there's lots of guys who had lots of different tricks. The famous one is Stu Grimson when he fought Dave Brown and kind of got the upper hand. Then the next time they came to Calgary, and the problem with Stu is I think he beaked off a little bit in the newspaper, and Brown was ready to kill him the next time, and he actually did. He broke his orbital bone because
1: yeah.
3: Yeah. um Barry Stafford, the trainer with the oilers, uh, he worked with the Eskimos, and they had the trick with the with the football players they really tighten their jerseys down around their arms so you couldn't grab them to tackle them and uh so they put he put stick 'em on the inside of his jersey and uh, his pads, so that, and tighten the jersey down. And then he put Vaseline on the outside of his jersey. So if you grabbed it, you couldn't hold on to it. And he pumped uh, Stewie uh, a couple times. Like, Stew- Dave Brown never missed with the left. And if you were, I always told, like, he broke uh, Jim Kite's orbital bone as well. And I told those guys, like, don't be trying to trade rights with his left. Because if he hits you, like, he doesn't miss. He's going to hit you and he's going to hurt you and bingo both guys were trying to trade rights with left and they, they got both their got, got their orbital bones broke and it uh, wasn't pretty so you know i used to fight dave left on left i would cross and grab his left and hit with punch with my right because i didn't want to get hit with that bad boy because it hurt mm. <laughs> so you know you, you know I, 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 you know, I. You could watch all the video you want of me fighting. You're not going to find a fight where somebody knocked me out and they stayed away from me, or, or, I was left in a bloody mess. Not, not a chance. You could look as hard and as long as you want. You aren't going to find it because, I. Number one, I fought to not lose because I didn't want to be that guy laying in a pool of blood and knocked out on the ice and somebody walking away and kind of washing their hands that's uh timmy hunter and you know because you know i fought to try to get my licks in, send a message and but number one thing was not to lose and be uh, be embarrassed tim when you're driving in
0: a rink when you were a player um did it go through your mind that yep yeah, i'm probably getting into a fight
3: tonight how did you deal with that <laughs> yeah well what i would do the i had a little routine is before i had my nap in the afternoon I would think, okay, who would play him? say, Winnipeg. Got, they've got Sean Cronin, Jim Kite, uh, Gore Donnelly, Chris King. Hi, <laughs> Domi. On. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so before I'd have my nap, i just kind of go, okay, okay. Domi, well, he's got a 10-pin bowling head. That's easy to hit. Uh, he's, a le- he's a lefty. Uh, Gore Donnelly's left. Uh, Jim Kite's right. Uh, Cronin's right. Uh, okay, I've seen video of them. And I just kind of go through in my mind. If, it, if it happened, so be some nights I thought two of the four, um, or, you know, never three of the four because you get kicked out. Um, and then I would have my nap. I'd never think about it again and just let things kind of happen because if you, I, th- I felt, if you thought about it too much, you just, you know, the game was. It was to play hockey, not go, not fight. Fighting was, you know, kind of a small part of it actually. Um, but, and I was never afraid of anyone because I was prepared. I trained hard. I was, I knew what I was doing. I was fit. I had probably, in all the teams I ever played on, I was always the fittest guy. But I had the strongest grip. I had the best grip strength of anybody I ever played with, because, you know, the number one thing for me was to get a hold of somebody and be able to control them so they couldn't hit me and that was my best defense you know if they couldn't punch me they couldn't hurt me and uh because you know I would tell guys just grab a hold and hold on for dear life and, and you're all set I mean if a guy can't punch you he can't hurt you and and that was part of my defense is I just had such great grip strength I would just you know g- grab a hold and just wait it out and let him try to see what he was going to do and then I could just counter and and do what I was going to do. And that was my kind of routine, but no, I, it wasn't a big deal to me. I, I, uh, you know, people ask me, um, you know, I say to my wife, you know, what's he like at home? He's, he's so mean and tough on me. It's <laughs> like, that's his job. He goes to work he does his job he comes home jobs over It's uh, mm-hmm. time to be Tim Hunter. So no, I, uh, there's nothing much to it other than just uh, being a professional about it.
1: What are your thoughts on, on on fighting today? I mean, it's almost non-existent. Uh, what are your thoughts in general about the way fighting has gone in the NHL?
3: Well, you know, I always fought for a purpose, and uh, you know, was to protect myself or stick up for a teammate. And I, I think that's always kind of been the rule of the way. There was a period of time, and I, you know, was right about when I was retiring. And then when I first started coaching it was all these premeditated fights, these tough guys. Like I coached some really tough guys and, you know, Colton Orr and, and, and Brandon Myers, and, uh, Steven Pete and some of those guys. And they just, they, they thought, you know, it was just about fighting. Like, you know, they'd go out for a shift and they'd be eyeing up the other guy and like, and, they didn't even touch the puck. They, they were going to have a fight. It was premeditated. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was coaching with Ron Wilson, and Ron would say, like, you know, if 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 that's what you're going to do, we should just do this. We should have you guys just fight in the in between periods. Like, we'll have the game, and then you could be the in between <laughs> period show. You know, it was stupid. I I said, I said, Orzy, we brought you here to play. We think you're a good player. We want you to play for us. Um, same with all the other guys, Z, um you know, we want you to play, like learn to play. Um, like don't, it's not about fight, fight for a purpose, fight for your teammates. We know you're tough. It's not about, you know, you're not, I hope you don't get paid per fight. I mean, I, I <laughs> don't think that happens, but no. seriously. So I was really, I was really, I was kind of disgusted about that kind of stuff. I, I cause I never, I didn't like, I had all these guys at the end of my career. Timmy, uh, uh, we're gonna go. I go where? Huh. Where I'm gonna fight you tonight? I go have a couple shifts, and I'll see if you can play. and Maybe I'll fight you. I'd like <laughs> beat it. I couldn't believe these guys were like. I, I'm serious. I, I was like, go run the bus up, jeez, Murphy. Like, uh, come on. Like, you know, can you play? Are you here to play or are you here to fight?
1: But but Timmy isn't here isn't, to fight. You said like, you'd fight for two reasons: to stick up for a teammate. Or to protect yourself, sort of thing is isn't there also an element? And I'm I'm curious what you think. Like, is sometimes guys just want to have a fight to turn the tide on a game or gain some momentum. Do you see that as value too? Because I think in some cases that's what those guys are trying to do.
3: Yes, and then, you know that's kind of you know one of the I guess one and two and two A I guess you know to to yeah and but it has to be the right right situation you know that's hard to hard hard. you know what what you do is and and I always felt this is when you're in in the driver's seat in a fight so when you um go out and you try to run over Paul Coffey and then Dave Semenko's coming out you know he's coming out you know what he's doing so you're in the driver's seat so okay Dave's coming after me I know it or Marty or somebody Uh, but I, cause I set the tone. Um, and, but when you have to go out like somebody like, you know, to protect a teammate, you're going after a guy and he knows you're coming. And then now he's in the driver's seat. So it's, it's a little different. So to go out and, and create a fight situation, to to send some momentum, you know, you have to create that situation. And sometimes it's, it's, it's harder to do than, than you really realize. So, um, yeah, some, you know, I don't think there's a lot of times where a fight turns the table. It helps kind of wake a team up. Sometimes I'd have to do that, you know, like, come on, boys, let's get going here. Like, uh, you know, and I, I always hated the the fights in the end of the game. Like, I remember I fought one time my first year pro at the end of the game, and I kind of was young and dumb and thought I needed to do something like that. And John Brophy was my coach. He goes. Where the hell were you for the first fifty-five minutes?
2: Like seriously,
3: <laughs> fight in the last five minutes. What does that do us? How oh, good he says you got to show up in the in the drop of the puck and set the tone? Uh, be tough, be physical. Yeah, if there's a fight situation, you you can answer the bell. Sure, and I you know and that was great. I thought what what better advice? And John, like the one thing about me, I never had one coach in my whole career ever say, Tim, go fight him me uh-huh. on the shoulder, go fight. Not one time.
1: You just knew my brother.
3: I knew my brother Tom was five years older. I mean, he was very, very tough, and he played in the for the Vulcan Centennials and and Junior B against men in the in the Alberta Senior Men's League. You know, Okotoks Oilers, High River Flyers, all these guys. Some of these are had ex NHL players. He was 16 playing against men, and he was pounding men. And he went and played for the Canucks. And uh, the coach at the time, I believe it was Cease Papke, sit, tapped him on the shoulder said, Tommy, go out and fight that guy. My brother turned to him and said, listen, if you want him fought so bad, you go fight him yourself. He turned, walked off the bench and never played another game of hockey because he was that disgusted with him, telling him to fight. And and my dad, my dad said, good for you. And uh, yeah. that's your that's your decision that's fine. We'll live with it. Cause it's your decision. And, and that's it. He never played another game of, of organized hockey after that. And I, to this day, I, I, I've had lots of seen lots of guys, you know, Hey, t- you know, coaches point and, t- and, and stuff and, and never ever happened to me. I was, you know, I was, I knew what to when and how and, 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 and how to do my job. I never had a coach and, you know, most of the coaches, and John Brophy, for one, like he was old school hockey, and, and, but he never said Timmy go out and fight this guy or go fight that guy. He, he gave me the advice like I talked earlier. You've got to show up and be. His advice to me was, he says, I think there's two ways you're going to play in the NHL, and one is being the toughest, meanest mother-upper you, you can be or be the best defenseman in the, in the Central Hockey League. And uh, he says, I think number one's your, your chance. And I said, how about we try for, for both? He goes, well, okay. You know, so, um, you know, being, being tough and mean and, and, uh, hard to play against was, was my route. I was a defenseman and I just wasn't a good enough defenseman to play in the NHL. So I found my, my niche. And by the end of my career, I, I played, uh, I played enough to be happy uh, as a fourth liner, and I was proud to be a fourth line in the NHL.
1: Awesome.
0: Uh, Calgary Flames legend, Stanley Cup champion, Tim Hunter. Tim, uh, thanks for jumping on this morning. We really appreciate it.
1: Oh, you bet.
3: And uh, anytime, I appreciate it. Now you guys officially do have my number. Yeah. Okay.
1: Sorry for the confusion.
0: <laughs> yeah, sorry for the confusion. We're all good, though. Thanks well, for jumping on today. Sure. Great We're, stuff.
1: All right. Have a great Thanks, day.
0: Thanks, There he is, uh, Tim Hunter. Uh, the late, great John Brophy. Uh, my John Brophy memory as a kid, I think the Leafs and Kings were playing on CHCH in Hamilton. And this is when the Leafs were on the road at the Forum in Los Angeles and apparently they had to climb underneath the bleacher seats, and John Brophy nicked his head, and there was just all this blood on his white hair while he was behind the bench oh. because he hit his head during the intermission coming back onto the bench. And I'll never forget that about That's John funny. Brophy. And he like he did, they he didn't, didn't cover it up, it up or anything. No, no, no it was no, just no. a big... A badge of honor. His white hair was like crimson from smoking his head on one of the bleacher seats at the Forum.
1: Oh, I love it. And he knew that that would be the photo... Oh yeah, and, and he oh, knew yeah. that CHCH might catch it with one of its two cameras oh, yeah. covering the game. <laughs> what <laughs> uh, a time! Yeah. What a time
0: that was—a local channel broadcasting NHL games. Well,
1: you don't have to tell people in this city about local channel. like Calgary two and seven here. You know, with Ed Whalen, you know, calling the games. I mean, yeah. it was legendary. You know, yeah, uh, they they were the the way you would watch Flames games, and obviously, you know, young people don't know this, but. They didn't cover 82 games right. on the Flames schedule on TV, you know, 20 years ago. I don't know when it was about when they started doing all the games, but, you know, probably 20, 30 years ago, I know for sure they, you were lucky if you saw, what, 40 Flames games on like, TV? Uh, like, like people at work would go, hey, is the game on TV tonight? Yeah. And they go, no, it's not. Oh, man, I guess I'll have to listen on the radio.
0: <laughs> right. Like, the, the game where Wayne Gretzky broke the record, Gordie Howe's record. Yeah. I could not watch that back then out, out east. That right? It wasn't on television. That's
1: right. Yeah, it wouldn't have been.
0: It wasn't a national game. It's like, Wayne is about to be the, the the leading goal scorer in the history of the league. Ah, we're not going to show it because it's a midweek game in Edmonton. Wow. It wasn't on television. Yeah, you
1: didn't have the option. No. I mean, we shudder at it now, but at the time, it just made sense. Like, well, no, it wasn't. It's not a game. It's not Saturday night. Yeah. So it's not a national game. Yeah. It's just amazing.
0: It's, it's, it's incredible yeah. how far uh, we've come.
1: But Our, the, the legendary calls. If you YouTube or Google right now, Tim Hunter, Ed Whalen, and just listen to Ed Whalen scream and wail during Tim Hunter fights with (laughs) Semenko, it is worth, like, do it today. If you got time, if you're trying to kill time today, go do that.
0: Yeah, sounds good. Uh, That's Eric Francis. He's in for Matty Rose's On Vacation. Uh, It is the big show Russick and Rose, uh, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio a couple things i want to get to before we say goodbye
1: are we getting Timbits or what what's going on yeah here? i
0: don't think that's happening
2: maybe later oh,
0: what's later we we're gone we're, in 10 minutes yeah. i what's
2: i texted going the intern on it's like, okay hey man, you want to bring these timbits he's like yeah no it's okay it's, it's okay. okay it's okay uh we're we're, no, we're, we're not almost done tomorrow. No. tomorrow tomorrow friday celebration i will get timbits no, no.
1: today's stampede hangover day I it need is timbits now <laughs> it
2: definitely is stampede okay sorry hangover.
1: go ahead
0: uh, there's a couple things I want to get to before we say goodbye. And there was something interesting at, this, at the stampede that you wanted to talk about that I, I want to see if you tried or would try. We'll do that next. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to the big show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. The big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Downtown Studio. No Maddie Rose. Sending us text messages and emails about our CFL Fantasy League right now while in Italy during a lunch. Eric Francis in studio as well. Um, we had Blake Coleman on uh, the show earlier. That, of course, was our answer to our uh, pair of tickets to the Badlands Music Festival for tomorrow and Saturday night. Congratulations to who, Cam? Who won the tickets
2: today? Sean from
0: Lethbridge is our winner today. Congratulations, uh, Sean from Lethbridge. Uh, if you're listening and want your chance to win amazing music experiences, Rogers has you covered. Rogers Moments is giving a lucky fan the chance to win a VIP trip to any concert of their choice in Canada. Sounds like something you'd want to win. Well, head to rogersfanzone.com/music for your chance to win this awesome experience.
1: Speaking of Coleman. Yeah. He sent me the photo of of the, jorts. Uh, of, of the boys in the in the, the Canadian tuxedo as he said, the cowboy boots, yep, with the shorty short jean shorts. Are they toit? Their are yep, and the 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 jean jacket, the sleeveless jean jacket, mm-hmm. it's classic. Those okay. boys had a good time.
0: Uh, I'm looking forward to you yeah. tweeting that photo. Yeah, out. yeah,
1: I'll tweet that photo. I got to uh, tweet a story out on it, too.
0: Uh, later on. Um, there's something that, uh, what was happening at the Stampede, we kind of talked about it a little bit uh, last night. Um, for, for you guys out there, um, there was a period pain simulator uh, to test and teach men at the Stampede what it feels like to experience menstrual cramps. And uh, it's something that we kind of touched on a little bit. I want to get your thoughts. Is that something you wanted to do? Is that something? Because apparently it's not available anymore. Well, no,
1: they they left.
0: Uh, but is that something <laughs> next year at the Stampede you want to do? Or because you have kids, would you want to experience what the pain would be? And I don't know how that would be, uh, giving childbirth. <laughs> Which one?
1: Well, I would say, going back to Joey Chestnut. I would say what he goes through after eating 70 hot dogs. It's sort of childbirth. It's probably like childbirth like four right. hours later. Okay. I, it, that's a That would Gross, be the simulator. Yes. Yeah, yep. sorry to go there. Period pain is, I think most dudes when they use the term period pain, they're talking about like their hockey team not doing well. Uh, like <laughs> in the second period or third period. This is not a topic that's discussed very often. Guys don't want to hear it. Girls don't really want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But the one thing, I think it's a great idea. Sure. Like, I would definitely go and do this and hook myself up to this thing. And it gives you this pain. And you can go she on gets... a scale of 1 to 10. You can say, like, more, more, more. I want to really experience what you, right. my poor wife or girlfriend goes through. Yeah. Because we have no idea. No. I've heard that from, uh, we've all heard that from many women. Like, you guys have no idea. And we, we have an idea of how much it would suck. Yeah. but But to actually experience it. I think that is a phenomenal booth. Like, what a great idea. And apparently some dudes go in there and they're brought to their knees in pain.
0: I I just know that, and and for my, it's it's been a pleasure knowing you, coming to Calgary a little closer. I know the type (laughs) of guys you and I are. Eric, if my nose bled once a week for a month, I'd be like, God, again? (laughs) Like, this is happening to me again? It's the worst. That's how I would be. I know you'd be the same. You'd be like, here it is. That
1: is a fascinating comparison.
0: Yeah, that would be annoying. Think about sure. how annoying that would be. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I hate my life. But like, that's what it would be like. Yeah. But they, they, but we don't we we don't know how that is. No, we don't know.
1: And, and just so you know, because I, I I'm not you know we know each other well, but I'm not sure how well you know. Like they don't get their period once a week. Like I said,
0: what, once a month, didn't I? No, you said like once for a, a week. week. Yeah, for, oh, a, for week, a week, once oh, a month. for
1: a week, once a month. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, no Sorry. yeah. I,
0: I understand. Yeah, I did. You, you know how I did, that works? Yeah. I did. Uh, yeah, sort of. I, I remember how health that works. Health classes? Yes, health <laughs> classes, a gym class. That isn't awkward at all. Like, a bunch of grade nine boys oh. learning about all this stuff in high school. That was fascinating.
1: My son's starting to do those classes in grade seven. Mm. And he is, like, so uncomfortable talking about oh, it. Yeah. And I love, like, bugging him about it. Yeah. And he just thinks it's just gross. Yeah. Anyway, menstrual cramps. I would do it. I want to experience them. Yeah. So next time <laughs> How next many men have ever in, said that? Yeah, next
0: time they're here. Yeah. Get hooked up. Or and no, you know
1: what? We should get in touch with these people. Yeah. And have them come into the studio. Maybe give away so we'll try it yeah. live on the air. I don't know if that'll be good radio, but sure. but we could we could give away prize packs where people could win a pack for you and three buddies to come in and experience menstrual Sure. Menstrual I think
0: that's a great idea. <laughs> I think that's a fantastic yeah.
1: idea. Sign me up. Yep. There are fascinating things that you experience at Stampede that you you would have had no idea could ever happen in your life, and that's on the list.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Like deep-fried scorpions and all these menstrual other crazy cramps. things. And menstrual yep. cramps. Um, why are you looking at that guy
0: uh, okay so real quick before we go um there there's a there's a post that oj simpson did yeah. about uh the, the trans debate in sports i'm not going to get into that are you kidding me just go down and read the comments of the post that oj simpson done it's well worth your time
1: <laughs> i just never go read, read the comments, comments. i never no, read comments you should on for anything simpson. in my life who cares you, su- but, you should you if you're telling me but yeah. they're the they're the best part is it not entertaining to, to hear OJ's thoughts no you don't want to hear I'm sure OJ's, OJ's thoughts absolutely so offside
0: yeah they are offside but just go and read the comments underneath of uh his his thoughts on uh the trans debate in sports uh right now because if there's one thing you want to hear from for that debate it's the juice OJ yeah because he's such a stand-up guy uh that's <laughs> it for us uh you're back tomorrow for another edition you know what we're gonna do tomorrow 10 bits. Yeah, we're not getting tibits. It's over. The dream is dead. You're getting tibits tomorrow, but also, um, I want to play. But stump- I won't be
1: hung over tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I want. To, you might. We be. can fix that. yeah uh, we,
1: I might be actually.
0: Yeah, yeah I go want go. to stump play the- stump the franchise. Okay, where I want to get listeners to come in and ask you a Calgary Flames question that will be fact checked by Patrick Dumas, and then I see if they can stump you for tickets to the Badlands Music Festival tomorrow. Sure, we'll play stump the franchise.
1: That's uh, that. That could be interesting. Yeah, I'm not phenomenal. I mean, I've covered the team for thirty years, so I yeah, I have a... and
0: I want people to come in and text in a question from the last thirty years of the Calgary Flames. We'll see if you can get it. If they don't, if they stump you, they'll be their name will be put in a draw to win the tickets.
1: There'll be a lot of people to stump me because I don't, I don't have a very strong memory
0: because it all just kind of blends into one yeah, giant yeah. season.
1: Like I'm not Pat Steinberg, who goes, "Well, yeah, in 2015, 16, I remember when Car, <laughs> I brought yeah. this up earlier. Really Carri Ramo, Ramo, and Yanni Ortio." I remember Yanni Ordeal because I played in the Flames golf tournament with one year. Yeah. And it looked like he was going straight from the golf course to a nightclub. Like the tightest, the tightest shirt <laughs> I've ever seen on a human being with the tightest shorts. Nice. And everything matched. Every single thing he was wearing matched. And that, that was just the Euro style that hey, he had going.
0: Look good, play good.
1: Yeah. But I, he, he played better golf than he played hockey, as it turned mm. out. Yeah. Unfortunately, well, in the
0: words it. of Deion Sanders, look good, play good. Play good, pay good, pay good, live good.
1: <laughs> He's a legend.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, that's Eric Francis. He'll be back tomorrow. We'll play Stump the Franchise. is it for us. Check out the podcast. Uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon. Blake Coleman was terrific. He was. Tim Hunter was terrific. Check out the podcast. Uh, where you get your favorite podcatcher. That's it for us. Cam, terrific job today. Appreciate Thanks, pal. Except for the
1: donuts. Appreciate Except you, for the Timbits. Wow. Uh,
0: we'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a terrific day. Bye.
1: Sit, Ubu. Sit. Good dog.